For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. My name is Don Stott. I am a father who experienced estrangement from one of my adult children firsthand. Welcome to Beyond the Pain, a place where parents of estranged adult children can find peace and healing. In each episode, I hope to share stories that'll help you through some of your darkest hours. To bring this out of the shadows and stop being ashamed. Then to build you up and inspire you to love yourselves even more. Hello, I want to start by reminding you that I am not a therapist or a doctor. I'm just a guy who's been there and wants to help you have a life past our estranged children. If you need mental help coping with this or have thoughts of hurting yourself or someone else, please seek professional help. On today's episode, I have a, a special guest with me, um, a parent who has also experienced the um, estrangement from their adult ch child. Um, so I'd like to welcome Tim to the show. Tim, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Don. Thank you. Well, I, I appreciate you being here on the show, and I, I know it's a, I know it's a difficult topic to discuss, um, but I think it'll help um, other people. I certainly have. Um, I've had some good feedback. I've had a number of people reach out to me um, that have just heard the podcast. So. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it'll really help having someone other, someone other than my voice um, yeah. uh, perspective on it. So, um, so to be part of it. Yeah, yeah. So if you don't mind, why don't you tell us a little little bit about you um, first? Okay. Well, I'm um, 
I will be 59 later this week. So a little bit older. Um, I have three daughters. Uh, they are uh, 33, 32, and 26. Cool. Okay. Um, I have a couple of granddaughters with my oldest daughter. Okay. Um, I was married for 25 years to their mother. And then we we sadly got divorced. Right. And I met a wonderful new woman who I've been friends with for, for decades, actually, but there was never any romantic, you know, involvement. Right. And we fell in love and, and we got married five years ago. So I'm with my second wife now for five years, and she's actually a licensed marriage and family therapist. Oh, goodness. So I get the advantage of getting her advice on matters, and it's it's knowledgeable advice. Well, that's good. That's good. I know a lot of the um, um, kids that I've heard of, not mine personally, but in the group that I'm a part of, that a lot of the kids have counselors. And it sure seems like they're told some really strange things sometimes. So it's good that you have somebody to that can yeah. maybe temper that a little bit with with yeah. uh, your own situation. So, so um, what part of the country do you live in? So we're in the uh, Denver, Colorado area. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah. Right cool. on the front range, right by the mountains. Oh, nice. Nice. Yep. I would love to live somewhere by the mountains. I keep telling my wife that, but she doesn't want cold. So we're in Florida. So, you know, a little bit yeah. of a difference. <laughs> right. Right. So have you always lived there in that area? I, I was born and raised in Kansas, actually, Lawrence, eastern Kansas. Oh, okay. And moved out here in 1989. So I've been out here for quite a while now. Okay. I'm a right. CPA is my background, and I was recruited to a job out here in 1989. Oh. Just fell in love with the place and have stayed ever since. I, I would imagine so. It does look beautiful from what I've seen. So. Yeah. Yep. So how um, how was your life growing up, like with your parents and stuff? Did you have any particular issues or? Um, it, you know, it was a fairly typical kind of upper middle class um, upbringing. My dad was a, a successful home builder. My mom was a stay at home mom. Cool. Um, unfortunately, mom developed a dependence on alcohol, and that ultimately led to there was instability in their marriage. They got married sure. and divorced actually several times while I was growing up. Oh goodness! And yeah, it was kind of wacky. And uh, but by the time I was a an early teenager, they were divorced for the last time. And my mom ended up marrying a man that she met in, through Alcoholics Anonymous. Oh. And that, okay. was, that was good because they were both sober and they kept each other sober. Yeah. For the, for the most part. Um, sure. I think my stepfather never had another drink after he got sober and all the way to his death. Wow. My mom hasn't been so for, as fortunate. She's had some slips and whatnot. Yeah, but um, it was 
you know, I can't complain. I would say I, I humorously uh, refer to my teenage years as being kind of like a feral child. <laughs> I didn't I didn't really have a lot of rules placed on me. My brother and I, I had three siblings, a brother and two sisters. My brother and I were given complete license to roam and do as we saw fit. And you can imagine what teenage boys will come up with in that kind um, of thing. Yeah. I was one once. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So and this was the 1970s. So it was, right. you know, there were drugs and, and other things. And somehow or another, we got through it. Yeah. And I, I my brother became a, a successful military uh, guy. And I went to college. I'm the only college graduate in the family for you and and studied accounting and business and whatnot and uh, fortunately i grew up in a university town so it was very easy to go to that school right and i while i I met my first wife in college even though we went to the same high school we had so many students in the high school there was 850 in my graduating class And there was that many in my wife's graduating class and she graduated a year before me. So she didn't, we didn't know each other, but we met in college at at student jobs that we had. I ran a printing press and she came in to work in the mail room. Anyway, we ended up getting married and, you know, just launched a life, uh, middle-class life. I'm CPA, uh, we started having babies a couple of years after we got married and ended up having three daughters, my oldest, born in 1986, and okay. uh, raised them primarily in Colorado. The, okay. And like I said, we moved out here in 89, so she was just three years old. Wow. And then my middle daughter was just a year old when we moved out here. And then we had in Colorado in 1993. Okay. So. It was by most accounts, you know, a pretty, I I felt like it was a pretty solid uh, kind of a family situation. I mean, my wife stayed at home. Right. Um, uh, For many years, I worked more than one job so that she could stay at home. But when I moved to Colorado, I was making enough income that I didn't have to work more than one job. I just had one very demanding job. Right. <laughs> and um, so that, that kind of brings us up to speed where okay. the family and everything. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So now we're talking about estrangement. Did, before you, before this happened to you, had you heard of such a thing? Not to the extent that I've learned that it is seeped into our society. I, I mean, yeah. I would have, I, in fact, I've got a very close friend whose oldest daughter um, suddenly broke off complete contact with him. And every year, and he, he, this is a fellow that has a really neat Christmas party every year that he invites me to. So every year I go, and I ask him, you know, how how's your daughter doing? Are you guys in touch? No, no word. Nothing, and I'm like, no. how can that possibly happen? What That's crazy? 
what it could have happened. You know, you start thinking really weird stuff. Of but course you do. But it, nevertheless, to this day, he's still not in touch with her. Wow. The last time he saw her was at her wedding that I went to. Wow. And that was, I mean, this has been 20 years ago. Wow. So he's still estranged. So anyway, I just thought, well, you know, she's mentally ill or something. There's, you know, to Gotta not be have something. any contact. Yeah. yeah. I just, I could not reconcile how a child would proceed to never have contact with their parent unless that parent was truly a monster. Right, right. But I, I just didn't see that about this guy. Now, monsters can hide. For sure. So I, you know, I, I never really knew since I didn't have her side, I... I couldn't really draw any conclusions. I was just dumbfounded that it right. was going on. And lo and behold, it happens to me. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 it just, yeah, it, it's, it befuddles me. And yes, that's a weird word, but it, that yeah. it just does. It befuddles me. It, it doesn't make any sense sometimes. And like you said, unless there's a case, not that we need to know it, but unless there's a case where there's obviously, physical or emotional abuse of some kind of right. intentional abuse because right. some right. some parents and some people are just like not necessarily nice but they don't necessarily mean to be awful you know right so but it just seems like and i don't know if it's a societal thing the way the kids are these days or what they're learning elsewhere or what, but it just seems to be a real epidemic. So it really does. Uh, I'm shocked at, at the stories. I, you know, after joining your uh, particular website or on yeah. Facebook page, I was suddenly introduced to a world where I was not alone. Oh my yeah. God. There were hundreds of people going through this and that likely meant there were, Hundreds of thousands of people throughout the world. Yeah. And they're from all walks of life and from right. all different countries. You know, there's rich people, there's poor people, there's middle class, there's, you know, right. everything you can think of. And our little group, we have about 900 people, but yeah. I've seen groups with thousands in them, you know. So yeah. it's like, it's it's really... And, and from varying stages of it, you know, like I said earlier, our group, we're pretty particular about the the type of parent we want to let in just because we want them to all be going through the same thing. Not that we're censoring right. or anything, but we just want them to be of the same mind mm -hmm. and, um, or, you know, at least going through the same thing. And, um, but some of them, you know, the people that we don't allow in, the stories are heartbreaking, you know, and it, it's, it's terrible. So, well, and even, it, even the ones that we, you know, we might let in and then we have to, you know, remove for whatever reason, their stories are so um, touching and so like, so hard to read sometimes, you know, I know, but I, I, I can't pull away from it once I start reading. No. <laughs> You yeah. know, I think the all the positive affirmations and things are are all good and 
yeah, and whatnot. But what I really like is when somebody lays it out, you know, yeah, what really happened and how they feel and yeah, how devastated they are. And what I found, and this is kind of interesting, that it's you and me having this conversation, two guys. <laughs> uh huh. I found is that many of these uh, participants in the Facebook page are actually the mothers that yeah. are estranged. You don't see many male voices. I've posted a few things, but right. not many. Yeah, there's only it's, a handful of us in the group, yeah. the men. Yeah. So, and I don't know if that's that it's not, you know, a lot of the uh, women parents in the group, they're married. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of them are. So I know the significant other is going through it, whether they might be a step parent and not as close or or just being a man and not wanting to, you know, because we're famous for not wanting to share some things. So I think that's a lot of it. I think it's yeah. I think I think guys yeah. suffer in silence. I mean, I don't talk to my I mean, my friends know. Right. But they never ask about it. And um, I don't, I certainly don't go out and cry on their shoulders about it. Right. It's just that, you know, when they start talking about the neat weekend they had with their adult child doing something really fun. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm saddened when I hear that. I'm, I try to be happy for them, but all I can think about is I haven't been able to do that for 10 years now. Yeah. Especially... You know, especially when you have the grandkids involved, too. So, you know, we would be out, my wife and I, when we were in the thick of it, we would be out at a restaurant or out doing something and see what's obviously a grandparent and their grandchild with them. And I would just lose it. You know, I'm like, why? You know, and so, yeah, it's definitely um, it's definitely hard and um but I do think, like you said, putting it all out there, there's a certain amount of um, healing you can do with that. You know, right. just admitting right. you do have these feelings that you do, you are hurt, you are whatever. It's the strangest thing when you do start putting it out there and it actually starts helping you reconcile at least in your own head you know whatever you can so um so you know i look back and i really couldn't yeah things just spiraled so quickly with with us um and i the first episode of the podcast has my that was pretty much me and my entire story you know, um, and, and how it went down. But, um, I look back and I'm like, I had no clue, you know, that, and I don't think my son really knew either. I think it was in there somewhere, this thing that triggered him, but I don't think he really outwardly knew until, until he got triggered, you know, um, (laughs) Can you see anything looking back on anything that any signs you you may have missed or anything? Uh, do you mean, Don? Do I do I have a sense of some of the reasons why yes. the estrangement occurred? Yeah, yes, I do, I do, and 
that's where I think your story and mine might diverge a little bit because as I understand your story, you were just suddenly blindsided by an estrangement and with very little uh, reason to believe you'd done anything to deserve that. Right. Whereas I went through a, a difficult period when my kids were growing up, when they were like in their teen years, my older two, mm-hmm. I unfortunately had inherited the bug that my mother had. Gotcha. All the dependence on alcohol. Sure. And I was, uh, it didn't really come on until I was in like my mid thirties or so, but it came on, you know, with a vengeance. And by the time I was in my early forties, I, I drank pretty much every day and and couldn't stop. Um, and so I spent some years there where I was drinking a lot and wasn't really present. Right. And I think that they were, you know, developed resentments around that, um, et cetera. But then I did what my mom did. I started going to 12 step meetings and got sober. It wasn't a straight line, you know, straight line to sobriety for me. I zigged and zagged and slipped and did all a lot of people do from what I understand. And it's very difficult to get sober. Yeah. But I did. And, and, but there was not, um, by that point, my wife at the time, uh, was so fed up that, you know, my sobriety didn't really change much at home. By that time, the marriage was pretty well on the rocks. Right. And we, we got separated. Okay. Now, and we were separated for a couple of years before we ultimately got divorced, which happened in around 2010. Right. So anyway, I, you know, I feel like my daughters probably have bags full of resentments and things towards me that are justified. Now, one of the things you do in a 12-step program is there's a thing called the, you know, the, I can't, now I suddenly can't remember the number of the step. I think it's the 10th step when you, the ninth step. No, I think it might be the ninth or the 10th step. Anyway, you make amends to people. Right. And it's very humbling and difficult to do that because, you know, you really got to be vulnerable. You can't go in and say you're sorry and then start making excuses. Right. Or which so, is the human thing to want to do. Yeah. You know. Protect your ego. Yeah. And but I went through that with my daughters. Now, granted, I gave my three daughters a group amends. I took them out to lunch and explained, you know, what what I had learned and that I had developed a dependence on alcohol. I realized that I was, you know, absent a lot and not with it and, and all the all the things that you need to say. And they seem to accept that. I may have had a slip or two after that, right. which didn't help. But so I, all, know, all part of it though. Heartfelt apology given at that time. Yeah. I also, of course, did that with my wife. 
And I did it with, well, everybody who was on my amends list, which was extensive. And um, one interesting thing that came out of that was that my wife refused to accept my amends Hmm. and judged it to be insufficient and not properly done, even though I wasn't given the magic formula. Right. Or what would make a, you know, an acceptable amends. I prepared for the amends with my sponsor. I did all the things you're supposed to do and she would not accept it. Now it's entirely possible that that became a subject of family discussion later, the quality of dad's amends and whether they were acceptable or not. So I, I really don't know what happened, but so, you know, that, um and, and the damage that occurred because of the drinking right um probably created a lot of resentment so but nevertheless after we separated we continued to hang out i had my own little condo their mother got the house of course right and um they would come over and visit and we'd have pizza and laugh and you know it was it um was very friendly and loving and then um uh then i bought a a a little farm and and my wife and i now my my second wife and we raise alpacas and we have a lot of fun here and they would come over here to the farm i'm at right now and we did the same thing we would have dinner we had pizza on sunday nights i would fix breakfast on the weekends things of that nature. And it was going great. Um, It wasn't ideal because, you know, I was no longer with their mother. Right. That's hard. That's tough. But we were doing the best we could and everybody seemed to be fairly happy. Right. And then I lost my job. Now I had a very extremely well-paying job at the time such that I had to give their mother close to $7,000 a month in terms of alimony and child support, and which was a pretty big nut, but I was meeting yeah. it because I was making a big income. But sadly, I lost that job. And part of the reason, sadly, was because I had developed a drinking problem. Right. And um, so... After I lost the job, I had a, you know, a very nice severance package, which paid out. I basically got almost a year's worth of pay paid out, like, just as though I was still working each month. Wow. Yeah, it was very nice. So I kept kept up the, you know, the alimony and child support, no problem. But when that income ended, I looked for another job. At that time, I was 49 years old, I think. Oh, and so it's not an ideal age to be look and looking for a senior financial position, right? Bottom line is the severance ran out, and I still didn't have a well-paying job, so I I was forced to, and I didn't have that much in savings because we had, I had worked in nonprofit organizations most of my career mm, up okay. until this really well-paying job that I got. So you don't amass wealth working in nonprofits. No, you don't. Like I said, my wife stayed at home, too. So we didn't have the luxury of two incomes. 
So when we broke up, I didn't really have that big of a kitty. And it was getting spent down fast when the income ended. And I had to go back to court to get my alimony adjusted and also get my child support adjusted because in Colorado, child support is uh, just a math formula based on what you earn. Yeah, I think that's what it is here too. Yeah, if your earnings go down, your child support goes down. But alimony is another thing. You know, that's, that's a whole other thing. So I filed, I had to file a motion to go back to court and adjust the alimony and child support. And the kids were aware of it. And I told them that I was going to have to do that. Right. And it was, um, we were, we were going to meet. My severance ended in December of 2011. And we weren't. So I, I didn't even file the motion until after my income ended. And I don't think we got to court until maybe sometime in May or June or something um, to get that adjusted. But. And so. I think that was 11. I get some of my dates mixed up, but it was around. We did Christmas of 2011 together. I did with my daughters. And no, no, I'm I'm sorry. I'm a little confused on the dates. That's okay. Prior to, it was the fall of 2011. I got, I, I lost my job in February of 11 and got seventh through December. In the fall of 2011, I, the girls were still coming over and, and we were getting along fine. I mean, I was a little stressed out because I didn't have a job. But, sure. Um, there was plenty to do around the farm. Anyway, um, sometime before Christmas, all of a sudden, I got these text messages that they didn't want to have anything to do with me. Um, all of them. Oh my goodness. Uh, I can't even remember what they what it said. It just came out of the blue. Wow. And so I said, well, I thought this is because of their concern for their mother and, and me having to get the alimony and stuff adjusted. I Right. I, Being in the I middle just, kind of thing. Yeah, I wasn't really sure, but it was very interesting. Right before they became estranged, I remember them one time saying how much they enjoyed coming to my house because I never said anything bad about their mother. Now, what's the flip side of that comment? Right. That makes it sound very much like it's the opposite at the other house. Exactly. And I was, and I did not talk crap on, on her because I wanted to co-parent. We had to go to these classes and I learned all about co-parenting, but she didn't want to do any of that with me. She did not co-parent with me at all. My ex. And I felt like she was probably creating somewhat of a toxic environment, but I couldn't pin it down because I wasn't communicating with her. I mean, we don't talk since we broke up. Right. And 
Um, so here come the messages. We want nothing to do with you. And then silence. Wow. Now I reached out and just before Christmas and just before Christmas. Wow. And I reached out. I, you know, i sent them, I, I recorded a bunch of music of songs that I would hear that reminded me of them. I love country music. Yeah. And there's a lot of great father, daughter, you know, country music. Oh yeah. So I sent, sent that to them. Nothing. I would send them birthday cards, nothing, uh, text, emails, nothing. And then I found out through the grapevine that my oldest daughter was pregnant. Oh goodness. And, but no communication. And this was probably around 2013, I think. And I was trying to, I think I had enough information to figure out when she might be due, but I didn't know where she was having the baby or anything. And I was, and her husband never did like me. And frankly, I didn't like him either. So there was no love lost between that son-in-law and me. Well, right before she was to give birth, he sent me a horrible text saying that I better not show up at the hospital, that security has been informed, that I'll be arrested and blah, blah, blah. I didn't even know. I didn't know when she was due and I didn't know where she was going to be given birth. So I and I was not going to go busting in there anyway, even yeah. though I wanted to meet my first grandchild. Right. And, and and who does that, you know, sends that kind of a message to someone out of the blue like that. That's just yeah, especially to their father-in-law. I yeah. mean, I was, I was I thought, man, if I could get my hands around his neck. <laughs> I would have squeezed it, but probably you know, a good thing you didn't. <laughs> probably a good thing you didn't. And she went on to give, you know, birth to a, a girl, a little yeah. girl. Her name is uh, Georgia, as I understand it. But even the, even her photos, her my ex's mother, my former mother-in-law, has is part of this sad yeah. state of affairs, and she has put a blanket on anybody in that her family providing me any photos of anything having to do with the grandchildren or anything having to do with my daughters. Wow. So there's like this news blackout. Yeah. Wow. And I, uh, so I've never seen a picture of Georgia, uh, but I understand that she's, you know, uh, Growing up, she'll be seven years old, I think, this year. And uh, so she's in school. And um, and then my and then that my my oldest daughter then had another child a couple of years later. And I'm not sure of her name, but it was another little girl. So I'm passing along this gene that uh, creates nothing but females. (laughs) My brother has one child and it's a daughter. Oh goodness! So, um, so you guys really uh, as a daughter. So yeah, it's funny. That is funny. anyway that that long-winded answer to your question. Did <laughs> I have any reason to to expect, or, or you know, was this a surprise? And it was, but as I dwelled on it, I realized, well, 
they probably do have some resentments. Now, I had several times I had asked them to enter into family therapy. Right. They were all on good terms, thinking this would be a great safe avenue for them to get stuff off their chest and for me to be able to speak honestly, too, about stuff. Right. Without it becoming, a, a, you know, a storming out of the house and no resolution and this kind of stuff. Uh, but they never would go. So I just went by myself, you know, which is good. If, if, right. if it's the best you can do, well, that's what I did. And I had a terrific therapist that helped me, uh, especially when the estrangement came in. Right. And Yeah, I, you know, I had to do that myself. I mean, when I was young, um, when I was a teenager, I I went through some issues and had therapy, but so I'd never really since then. Um, And I'm basically a happy person, you know, Um, basically in a good mood most of the time, you know, I mean, overall. But when I when I started going through that, I. You know, and when we just had, um, they just had their daughter. She was about a year. She was almost two at the time. So my, and that's actually my second granddaughter. First one is his also, but with another, a previous wife. And there was all kinds of issues there. She ended up leaving and taking the kid and, you know, we've never seen her again. So, but with this one, it, um, you know, they were, and and me and me and my daughter-in-law were were pretty close. You know, we we talked about everything. We talked on Facebook all the time and would text and whatever. And I actually, I, I share the funny story that when um, we were talking on, she posted something on Facebook about some weird craving, like I don't remember what it was, like pizza and. I don't know, pickles or something like that. No, it's something weirder than that. But, um, and I'm like, oh, is there something you need to tell us? You know? And they're like, oh, no, 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 no. You know, sure enough, like a week later, they found out she was pregnant. So I'm like, so, so it's kind of our little, it was our little thing for a long time that I kind of knew they were pregnant before she realized she was pregnant, you know? (laughs) So we were real close. And, you know, when this happened, I went through and it was September around this time, uh, about four years ago now. And because my daughter, the youngest one that's still with us was getting ready to turn 16. Her birthday is actually Friday. Um, That's what my birthday is. Oh, is it? Yeah. <laughs> well, happy almost birthday. So, and yeah. mine was the 14th just a oh. couple of weeks ago. So, and then my wife's is October 13th. So, our daughter is like smack between the two of our birthdays. So, it's kind gotcha. of funny. Gotcha. Um, but so, you know, it was about September. So, we started going through it and all fell apart and tried to get things going by. I wanted to get this settled by holidays so we'd have a nice holiday and that didn't happen. So after that, I think it was in January or so that I finally decided I I needed to, and I don't remember which one came first. If I saw the therapist first or if I saw my doctor first, I think I saw the therapist first. Um, Went and talked to somebody 
and that helped immensely. Um, and then I think it was actually the next year that I spoke to my doctor. Listen, mm. I'm having a hard time. You know, I need just a little boost of something to get me through this. And, yeah. and I did and, and it, and it helped and thank yeah. goodness. And it wasn't anything major. It was very small dose of something that wasn't, you know, too much and mm-hmm. I could get off of it real easy. And, and it just gave me a little boost. So I, yeah, I, I, I hear you. It's, um, it's, it's not, not, a, not a fun thing for sure. No. So, so what, what do you, uh, how have you been dealing with it? I know obviously you have your own other issues that you have mm-hmm. to constantly mm-hmm. be ma- mindful of, but how, how have you been coping with, with this? Well, I, you know, it's, I mean, time has just lessened the sharpness of the pain, I guess I would say. I, I really am not, other than talking, you know, to my therapist and to my wife, right? Maybe a few others. Um, I've internalized a lot of it. I just, you know, I can't tell you how many people have, well, it sounds like I'm telling a lot of people, but I, I have told a few and, and a common refrain is, oh, they'll, they'll regret this. They'll come around and they'll regret this. And I'm like, okay, it's been nine years and there's no coming around. Yeah. And I'm not seeing much in the way of regret. And uh, there's a certain point at which you just have to decide to be okay with it not happening because what else are you going to do you know you do you have to just move on and it's sad yeah because you know these are really neat years for a healthy family when they're grandkids and all that but i you know i dove into my work which guys do and um the farm has kept me busy i uh you know i'm fairly active i like to golf and do some things i fly small planes and so i've got a lot of diversions to keep me engaged but if i'm sitting alone and i start dwelling on it i get you know depressed thinking about it you know here's another year's gone by yeah and it you know to and I never hear like on Father's Day, never nothing. You know, I won't hear anything. I'll ne- I won't hear anything on my birthday. I'm sure, no holidays. Now, when their birthdays roll around, I send them birthday texts. Right. On the holidays, I send them texts, but I never get a response. And you know, it's very sad. Now, but I could relay a a little twist in the story if you want me to sure okay so again i'd like to thank tim for being a guest this week i think it really lends to help others to hear others other perspectives like we always you know have said in the group it's really good to know that you know you're not alone and to hear some similar stories from you know the proverbial horse's mouth so again i appreciate it 
I would like to remind everyone we'll um, we'll resume this interview with next week's episode and dive back into the uh, rest of it. But please remember, um, you can share the podcast. I would appreciate it. Um, if you want to be on the show, give me a contact. You know, shoot me an email at beyondthepainpodcast at gmail.com. Um, I think it's, uh, like I said, very helpful to hear other perspectives. You can uh, find the podcast if you're new and maybe listening online. You can find the podcast on most of the major podcasting sites like Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Podbean. And the most important thing I always stress for everyone is please try to remember to live beyond the pain. I'll talk to you next week.